Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, sitting here with Tom Dorian, as usual. Hello, Deacon Jeff. Tom, I'm so glad you're here. I'm glad I'm here, too, man. Thanks for having me. The coffee's good. Coffee's always excellent. Exactly right. Nice and hot. Like the conversation nice that we have here. It's crazy. Everything it? is great. Yes. Well, you know what? I'm so excited. I can tell. Today we get to talk about something that is uh, a burning <laughs> we, thing. We've kind of talked about this subject before, haven't we? Yeah. You know what? If there's anything that there's you and I... a recurring theme. Yeah. There's a reason why there's a recurring theme. Maybe it's good stuff. Because we're guys and we need to go to confession. <laughs> and we keep talking about confession. We're sinful guys. Yeah. But, you know, aren't we all? Yes. Uh, you more than me, but that's not the point, and we're not really we're not on a grading system, right? I think that I'm glad, I'm very was, thankful for that. Was that sinful of me just to say that? I think I just I don't know. Uh, I think you're winning. How about anyway, all you folks out there? Email him and tell him. No, yes. don't, 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 don't. I don't need to be reminded I'm a sinner because I am. All that aside, yes, we need to talk about this. And and, and I, you know, I've been preaching about sin and and confession and stuff lately. For some reason, maybe I need to go again. That's probably it. The Lord is talking to me. It's probably it. And I was just thinking about this comparison, mm-hmm. and I was making the comparison between sin and cancer. Mm-hmm. When you hear that somebody has cancer, it's a serious deal, right? Very serious. And, and I know that people listening, many of you are suffering with cancer, mm-hmm. have had loved ones suffer, maybe succumb to cancer, yeah. you know, lost the battle. Yep. Uh, cancer is everywhere. It's involved in so many people's lives. And I guess the reality is... It's a it's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. It's it's an insidious killer. It, and usually, what happens with cancer is this: it's like a it's a silent thing that sneaks up on you. It does. And I'm, I think about m- my own mom. Hello, mom, who uh, experienced <laughs> cancer. And praise God, she's cancer free right now, which is which is um, awesome. It is awesome. But she was uh, in getting some exploratory surgery done for something else. And uh, while they were there, they found this little nodule, hmm. and it was a fairly aggressive cancer. And the the nice thing about that is they caught it very early and they did the radiation and all that kind of stuff and so it was a, a, she has a very good prognosis but but the point is that what it what it taught us is that you know if this thing had been undetected oh, it had taken off it just would have gone and gone and gone and it's kind of like no doctor will look at you and and say you know well we found out you had cancer so we're just going to kind of watch this thing and mm-hmm. see what happens and we're Mm-mm. we're not going to really be aggressive with this we're not going to do anything. And I start thinking, like, you know, essentially all of us have a cancer. Yeah. Right? We've got that cancer of sin. Good analogy. And I don't want this to be a depressing show, but but it's important for us to understand just how bad sin is. Because mm-hmm. it's also insidious. Mm-hmm. Right? And it also is sort of stealth in a way. Because sometimes you have these little, you know, secret sins. Mm-hmm. And, and those are terrible because they grow to be bigger sins. They just grow inside us. Those are the ones you kind of fool yourself on, too. Exactly. You know what I mean? If it's a big sin, and I don't want everyone to have yeah, big sins. It's very apparent to you and everybody else. And everybody else. But those really quiet like if you're, ones. If you're, if you're a public secret. drunk or whatever, I mean, people see that, right? And, right? and you write, if you do something stupid in front of everybody, right? 
You know, it's just obvious. And yeah. to some degree, that's actually better because it's like, well, we got that over with, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. We all know what's going on now, or mm-hmm. at least I do. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's easier to address a situation mm-hmm. when it's obvious to everyone because it kind of forces us to address it. Yeah, well, you can't fool yourself. Right. You can't trick yourself into thinking it's not a sin. It is. Right. And those little Very ones. Very apparent. Those little ones. Oh, man, those are. Those are easy. Those are bad. Yeah. You fool yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, you go to certain restaurants where they wear little yellow orange shorts or whatever and tight T-shirts and things like that. And you think, it's not a sin. Right. Right. But the reality is you stop and think. You convince yourself of certain things that are not sins. And you start going down a path. Right. Little by little, it leads you in the wrong direction. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's. I don't know. I, I just I look at that stuff and realize um, we just need to call that what it is when we see it, and we try to avoid those little ones because the little ones build up to be the big ones. Sure. I, I am convinced that no one wakes up like in a perfectly happy marriage mm-hmm. and says, you know, I think this morning I'm going to commit adultery. Right. <laughs> right. It doesn't work that way. No, it doesn't. It's 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 something that gradually sort of finds its way into your life in, in a very insidious and stealth way. Yeah. Right. Secretively, mm-hmm. whether it's, uh, you know, hanging out with your friends and telling dirty jokes, whether it's drinking too much, uh, you know, with the wrong people, whether it's going to that restaurant with the, yep. you know, with the orange shorts or whatever and eating wings, you know, whatever it is, whatever it is, is going to be the thing that drives you down that path or pulls you down that path. Those little things you think, well, in and of themselves, they're harmless. Right. They're not harmless. No, they're not. And it really is like a cancer mm-hmm. that grows that if you don't address it. Pretty soon, it metastasizes. That sin, it gets into your very bone, into your very being. Yep. And it overtakes you. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's painful to watch. Uh, one of the things, I, it's a blessing for me to be a deacon. I love being a deacon. But one of the hard parts of being a deacon is when I sit in my office, you know, on a rainy Thursday afternoon or whatever, and I have an appointment with some guy that comes in and talks about, you know, his, his, his marriage is falling apart. He's got an addiction to pornography. He's got a drinking problem. He's whatever. And you go down this list and you think when you got married, when you, when you met this girl, you fell in love. Did you like envision yourself here? Yeah, no. 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 So what happened? And I don't go down and say, well, here's where you made your mistakes. I mean, obviously when we're ministering, that's not what we do. But mm-hmm. the reality is it has taught me to be very proactive, I guess. Mm-hmm. And help guys understand that there's things that we do every day that are going to lead us down that wrong path. If we don't watch it, if we don't really understand exactly what we're doing, if we tell enough of those kind of jokes, if we make enough of those kind of comments right, about ladies, if, if we go to the wrong places and spend too much time ogling or, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. When we do those things, we're going down a path and we think, hey, it's okay. I'm just looking at the menu. I'm not yeah. ordering anything. Good, clean, fun, whatever. Exactly. We hear that. And the reality is it's not. Mm-hmm. What movies are we watching? Mm-hmm. Right? Next thing you're up, you're late at night on the computer, uh, and you go down the bat, the wrong path. You're one click away from mortal sin. Right. You know, in the middle of the night on your computer. And there's things that we have to watch out for as guys. Right. And it's the, it's the cancer. Right? It's the cancer of sin. Mm-hmm. And all of us have it. Oh, all of us have the potential for that. Right? Yeah. But you know, even in cancer, you'll have the uh, you'll have the the doctors. Are, again, they're not going to say let's just uh, let's ignore this. It'll probably go away. Mm-mm. They're going to be aggressive. They're going to be aggressive. But there's also things that you can do that are preventative. Sure. Right. There's lifestyle changes you can make in your eating habits. 
good diet. I don't know. Eat a lot of celery. I don't know Exercise. what all the antioxidants or whatever. You, you hear all these things. Eat dark chocolate. Right. It's got antioxidants. It's going to cure you of, of all the diseases, whatever. The point is, I, I don't know what all those things are because I eat very unhealthily. And that's a whole other <laughs> show. <laughs> but there are things that you can do that are going to put you in a better percentage of people mm-hmm. that are going to be more apt to be cancer-free sure. because you live a certain lifestyle. In the same way... With sin. With sin, you can do that. There, there are things that you can do. Part of the act of contrition. Exactly. Avoid the near occasion of sin. Exactly. And, and, and the whole point is when we do these things and we live this better lifestyle, it's going to keep us in a better place. Mm-hmm. But when we kind of get into that wrong attitude, that wrong feeling, that wrong, wrong thought where, we're, where we sort of like give way to either lustful thoughts or just lazy thoughts or whatever kind of thoughts you mm-hmm. know uh, i want more money i need this whatever it takes to you know well who i'm going to cheat on my taxes because those irs bandits want to take all my money anyway so mm-hmm. it's it's a lot of things that we can conv- convince ourselves that are okay and when we start to do that the problem is what ends up happening is that we are giving in to the sin and the sin sort of takes us over just like a like a cancer Sure. It goes through all those soft organs, the soft organs of our heart, and just it just takes over, and we become a, a, a cancer-filled, a sin-filled person. Right. Now, the good news is the difference between cancer and sin is this, and that is that cancer, while some of the real devastating cancers can't be cured, mm-hmm. sin can be cured. Right. Right. And so it's important that we, we, we nip sin in the bud, and no matter where we are, we need to do that. And 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 that's what I, I wanted to spend a few minutes talking about that. Mm-hmm. I I don't need to be the amazing Kreskin. Do you remember Kreskin? Did you ever watch that show? You know we're dating ourselves. I know we are. He was like yeah. big in the seventies. Johnny whatever. Carson. And he'd like put his hand on his. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, in that mayonnaise jar in Funkin' Wagnall's porch or whatever the you know and Ed McMahon would say that, but you know the the great the Karnak the Magnificent. And that's he, right. And Carson would put his hands up on his you know put the envelope on his forehead and he would say some. He would give thing. the answer. Yeah. Well, I don't need to be that. And then he would open the envelope. I don't need to be Kreskin or Karnak to know that there's somebody listening right now to us mm-hmm. who hadn't been to confession in a while. Mm-hmm. Who has sort of let that sin kind of build up. Right. You know, maybe it's been a couple of months. Mm-hmm. And maybe they know it, but they're thinking, I'm not in a bad way. Right. Right. Or maybe it's been more than a couple of months. It's been six months. Maybe it's been a year. Mm-hmm. Or has it been two years? Or has it been five years? Or ten years? Am I even there yet? Mm-hmm. Right, and my story, it, it, while tragic, it turned out great. Yeah, you, get, you took the words out of my mouth. You're speaking from experience, right? You're not, you're I'm not, not judging accusing, anybody. I ain't judging anybody. Right. I was away from confession. I was away from the mercy of God for 20 years. 20 years. I, I stopped going to confession after I was, quote, unquote, forced to go to confession. Do you remember the excuses? No. In your mind? No, hard and hard at that point. No, maybe okay. early on, and I didn't think about it as a young man early on, but the reality is as we got... Later on in life, I just wasn't going. Where right. did I go? Yeah. I mean, I just, maybe I didn't believe I was, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I'd forgotten how. All these things were, were, were you know, floating around. But the reality is 20 years mm-hmm. after a confirmation when I was, quote, unquote, forced to go. Mm-hmm. 20 years before mm-hmm. I realized God is merciful. And I got to get this sin off of my heart. Yeah. Got to go. And it, it went. Right. So, but there are people out there who are still in that state, who are still like just carrying all that stuff around with them. They're living in just muck. I mean, well, it's, you know it's what? Horrible. 
Jacob Marley dragging yeah. that chain. Yeah. Right, with all those big counting boxes full of money, just dragging that wherever he goes. And that's what we do. We have this, you know, 500-pound backpack on right? when we're doing that. And it's really, really, I don't know, it's, it's sad to see. But I want to tell people that it's liberating to let that go. Totally. And so we, we need to go to confession. We, we need to just get that off and just clean the slate. It's amazing how you suddenly rise. You can almost levitate. Yeah. And that's a beautiful feeling. And so we're going to talk more about this when we come back. Before great. we do that, I want to remind folks at home we've got a great website. It is great. TheCatholicCafe.com. Thanks for chiming in, Tom. I'm here for you, man. And you know what? I want to hear some. I, I need some emails. Yeah. Yeah. Send them to Deacon Jeff at TheCatholicCafe.com. And with that, we'll be right back. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Amen, I say to you, whatever you did for one of these least brothers of mine, you did for me. At the very core of our Christianity is the gospel's call to serve and defend those without a voice. On March 25, 1995, then-Pope John Paul II echoed Christ's command in a particular way when he wrote the groundbreaking encyclical Evangelium Vitae, the Gospel of Life. He reminded us of the deep commitment that all Christians have to the cause and protection of human life. He introduced the church and all of society to the concept of building a culture of life. John Paul II wrote, The gospel of life is at the heart of Jesus' message. Lovingly received day after day by the church, it is to be preached with dauntless fidelity as good news to the people of every age and culture. Evangelium Vitae outlines the many threats to human life in today's culture of death, such as abortion, euthanasia, and the destruction of human embryos for research. The document challenges present-day Christians to reject and condemn these unspeakable crimes. The late pontiff wrote, The deliberate decision to deprive an innocent human being of his life is always morally evil and can never be licit either as an end in itself or as a means to a good end. We are called to witness to the culture of life in our daily lives, but many find this difficult and overwhelming. It is far too easy to feel almost powerless, as though good can never triumph over a world filled with so much evil. But John Paul offered us hope. He wrote, The gospel of life is something concrete and personal, for it consists in the proclamation of the very person of Jesus. Man is given the possibility of knowing the complete truth concerning the value of human life. From the first moment of conception, every life has meaning and worth. Evangelium Vitae invites us into a deeper reverence for life at all stages. But it also challenges us to create a culture of life in our own hearts, in our own families, and in our own communities. In the words of John Paul II, Where life is involved, the service of charity must be profoundly consistent, for human life is sacred and inviolable at every stage and in every situation. It is an indivisible good. Answer the late pontiff's call and renew your commitment to building the culture of life. I'm Bess Trzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. 
Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I am indeed Deacon Jeff. Yes, you are. I didn't change my name during the no. break, which is a good thing. No, not uh, really. It could be a good thing if you did. Well, I'm not running from the Maybe law. Maybe Smith versus Drzezimski. Smith. My wife says that if my name was Smith, she wouldn't have married me. Really? She liked Drzezimski? I don't know. She likes know you something different. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of crazy. Anyway, yeah. all that aside, we don't care about that. No, we're talking we about confession. Yes, and going back to confession. Yes, we are. You know, here's the thing: we're talking to. I mean, women can hear this too, but I'm right now we're talking to guys because guys are just like slow. Know, we're dumb. We're slow. We're dumb. Yeah. I was going to say dumb, but you said slow. Yeah, we're deliberate. We take our time. We're analytical in some sense. Mm-hmm. Like uh, we could say, well, I could put some duct tape on that. You know, maybe some bubble gum and string. I could probably fix that. We don't right. need a new one, you know. And so we'll, we're analytical in that way, but we don't always see the big picture. No. I mean, what do you think, like from a guy's perspective, what does it take to get him to go to confession? I, I think sometimes you just need to be shoved. I think that's what we're doing today is you're shoving them and saying, guys, just go do it. And the reason why is because we're talking about how this load is going to be lifted. Yeah. And it is going to be lifted. We're telling them all the good stuff. Right? And it's going to be great. But it's hard to understand that until you go. You, you, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it makes perfect It's like, you know, forget what we're saying. Just just go. You're going to come with all these reasons why you can't. Yeah. It, it's, it's interesting. And that's not you talking to yourself either. No. I I, I think maybe that's a little, little Satan kind of whatever I, saying. I, I believe that. You know, you don't need to go. Don't worry about it. Right. Tomorrow will be a better day. Yeah. That's the problem is that that putting it off the next day. Next thing you know, it's been multiple years. Because when you're in when you're in that mess, when you're in that muck we were talking about Mm -hmm. earlier, you don't understand you're even in it until you go. And then when you go and you're forgiven, you get that absolution. It's like, wow. You know, you you hear that expression that people love to use about the frog boiling in water. Right. And you just sit there perfectly happy and content. Next thing you know, you're dead. You boiled. That's exactly you're, right. You're a soup. Great analogy. So we don't want to do that. No. So you need to jump out of the pot. We're telling the guys now, jump out of the pot. You know? Yeah. Get off the pot or mm-hmm. whatever. You know? Yeah. Go to confession. Yeah. How powerful that is. It's interesting. I, I preached about this uh, at my parish, and I was talking. And I told him my story about being gone for 20 years. Mm-hmm. And it helped people know that, hey, he's not judging us and pointing his finger and saying, you need to go to confession. I'm really kind of... Instead of pointing my finger, I was kind of opening my arms up saying, I'm telling you, you need to go to confession. It is so good. <laughs> and uh, and one of the things I did was I talked about why we don't go. You know, we can conjure up things like I'm ashamed or I don't want to do this and I don't want to say that. Or, Maybe I can't remember the sins I've committed, whatever. And and it's and like trust the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will help you remember what you know, what, what, what the Holy Spirit knows you need to confess. Right. That's what that's the other thing is people think, well, I've got too many. He's not going to sit in there. It's like, you know what? Trust me. He will sit in there. The priest will stay in there. Oh, yeah. But but uh, uh, this whole thing about not remembering, some people have forgotten how to go. They've forgotten how to go to confession. Maybe they weren't I, I taught believe, well. I believe that. You know, if you put something out of your mind long enough, yeah. you, you don't know how to go. And, but that shouldn't hold you back. Yeah. So at the, at the, at the homily that I was doing, I, I said, look, here's the deal. I, I know because I had forgotten in 20 years. Mm-hmm. And so... I, what I did for you guys, because I love you, is I printed out this one-page sheet, and I printed mm-hmm. it on a little purple piece of paper, mm-hmm. and I put that sheet. I said, hey, I got a pile of them at every exit. Yep. 
right? So I put them out there and told them to pick them up. It's a nice sheet, by the way. I, I picked, I, you know, I printed well five, done. 500 of these. Mm-hmm. And I went Monday morning to, to pick up afterwards to make sure. I didn't want to leave a couple hundred pieces of paper laying around. Mm-hmm. And guess what? All but 20 were taken. Now, think about that for a second. A lot of wives picking up these sheets for their husbands. Well, you know, I did say that in the homily. I said, you know, if, if you're embarrassed about picking it up and people think you haven't been to confession in a long time, just tell them it's for your wife. <laughs> we, we're, we're guys, we're good. That's like or Adam. a friend or whatever. Adam, Adam said in the Garden of Eden, it was the woman that you gave me. You know, he's blaming two people, not even himself, for eating the fruit. And, and, the, and the point is, you know, that's fine. You would have to confess that sin because you're lying. But, <laughs> but this little cheat sheet I made. Right. It makes it easy. It's like, look, it just walks you through the steps. It does. And so it's on this little pe- purple piece of paper. Uh, and here's what's so funny. I said, you can take this into the confessional. Mm-hmm. Carry it in there with you. No priest is going to kick you out and say, are you reading off? Of- Get out of here. <laughs> they're not going to do that. They're going to love it. Yeah. They're going to they're gonna love that. In fact, I had a guy come up to me the other day. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was just a couple of days ago, mm-hmm. over the weekend. And he says to me, he goes, I got to tell you. You know, I think you were preaching to me. And I said, well, I was. No, I wasn't. I didn't say that. <laughs> no, I, I said, you know, I, I was preaching to me. I said, that's, I, I, that's why I, when I preach, I, I just make it about me. And I don't mean that in a selfish way. It's like, look, I'll tell you the stuff I do and yeah, how that experience. works. And people are going like, well, if he does that, I guess I'm not alone. Yeah. But anyway, all that aside, I said, I, I'm glad. He said, no, you don't understand. He said, I took that little purple sheet and I went into the confessional with the priest. Great. I didn't care who saw it. I took my little purple sheet and I sat down there and I went to confession. It was Good the first, for him. It was the first time I'd been to confession in five years. He told me. Wow. And you know, really, I hear those stories and it just blows my mind. And that's where I go. Thank you, Holy Spirit. No kidding. I I, I just I'm blown away by you know because we see people every day in our church and again I don't have to be the amazing Kreskin to know that there's people listening who are these people. Who've been away for five years, who've been away for a year, 10 years, 20 years, whatever it is, who we see as ordinary people. You go to the fish fries, you, you're in the yeah. men's club, you, uh, you're, you're coaching the sports teams, and you haven't darkened the door of a confessional in a long time. You know, it's funny you said that, too, that we see that. And what I was getting ready to tell you is that their family saw him do that, too. Amen. You know, we see him in one context, but his family, I'm sure, somehow or another knows Okay, I haven't seen my dad go to confession. Yeah. I haven't seen my husband go to confession. And he comes back and says, hey, I did this. What an impact that has. Well, you know, you know, he's not the only guy that told me this. And, and, I, and I told you, 480 people picked up these pieces That's of paper. That's great. And so either the, either the priests of the parish are going to cuss me <laughs> or they're going to thank right. me. I don't know which one. But I, I'm, I'm tempted to tell the pastor that I need to get a nickel for every one of these sheets he sees. <laughs> But I'm so excited that people would pick up this piece of paper yeah. and that this piece of paper would maybe be that thing that that shove, that little gentle nudge or whatever that you're talking about. Just just go. Yeah. You have no excuses anymore. Look, it's printed out. Just read these words and then you insert the sin part. Right. And you also bring with it the penitence. Yeah. You if you're sorry for the sin, yeah. I'm telling you how to say it. Yeah, and it's, it's a simple here. sheet and it, and you don't need to have the copy that I made. Mm-mm. It's all I got. I got stuff off of the internet. You know, right. you just Google, you know, penance, and if you look for the right of penance or whatever, you'll find it. They actually apps on the on their phone on their phone as it's well. It's so easy. They, it they is. print it out. With, the church wants you with to go. different examinations. Right. Well, so we'll just you know in a nutshell we'll breeze through this. So yeah. the first thing you do is if you're going to confess your sins, mm-hmm. 
you need to know what you're going to confess. Right. Examine your conscience. Right. And that's where the Holy Spirit will say, uh, here's a sin, here's a sin. You remember this? Remember you did that? Oh, yeah. You remember that, don't you? Here, what about this? Okay. You can't forget that one. And you may be worried that, what if I leave something out? Am I going to hell? The reality is if you trust the Holy Spirit, you trust the Holy Spirit, he will bubble up in you everything that is a sin. And if you do happen to remember something later mm-hmm. that's like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that one, you can confess that later. But the reality is your penitence mm-hmm. is complete for all your sins when you go back for that, that first time in a long time. Right. And you tell the priest it's been a first time in a long time because you, you examine your conscience and you go into the confessional. Mm-hmm. You make the sign of the cross mm-hmm. and you tell the priest, bless me, Father, for I have sinned. It has been, insert date, time, since my last confession. So... It's been a year. It's been five years. It's, 20 years. It, and it was 20 years. Mm-hmm. And I remember hearing a sigh from the priest on the other side. When, <laughs> Did you when, really? Well, there's a, you know, 20 years. Oh, Lord, <laughs> give me patience. <laughs> um, and so then he's going to give you a blessing, and he's going to essentially ask you to, you're going to tell him your sins. And, th- right. and then now you just, and now you do it. And some people want to start with, like, the little ones. Well, I kicked a dog, and I cheated on my... I stole a piece of gum, and I... You know, and then uh, and then there was these other things. And then you get to those big ones at the end. The reality is, man, if, you, if you're scared of those things, uh, I killed six people. Go ahead and tell them now. Just start it up at the front, right. and then remember those other little ones. Because the little ones aren't those... The, the, probably the problem is they, the, the things that led to the big ones. Right. You tell them, and when you're done telling them, you say, I'm done telling my sins. I mean, you can say something formal like... Uh, for these and all my sins, I'm truly sorry, or right. something like that. Right. Then he'll know, and then the next thing he's going to do, he's going to give you a penance, mm-hmm. which is your participation, your showing of your willingness that you want to be forgiven, that you are going to sweep up the glass of the window you broke. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not going to be big, and you're going to get a small penance or whatever, and then you're going to go, and um, he may give you a little advice or whatever. You're going to say an act of contrition, mm-hmm. the oh my God. Right, and, and they're usually printed out in the confessional. Mm-hmm. Right, then once you do the act of contrition, and if they're not, take it in with you. Exactly, take it in with you. It, yeah, exactly right. You're going to get the absolution. It's beautiful. It you get the beautiful. absolution. You do the sign of the cross. You know, when he blesses you, you leave. Do your penance. You're good to go. Yep. Beautiful. Beautiful. You're right. Go to confession. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Author of life and source of all mercy, grant us. We pray the grace to come to you in penitence. Tear down the obstacles that keep us from your embrace and let us know your love, especially in the confessional. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. For listening to the Catholic Cafe. For more information, visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You'll find many links to Catholic resources on the web. You can also listen to previous shows online, download MP3s, or take advantage of our podcast feature. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from J. Terry Stive, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe. There's always room for one more at our table.